This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Can Ipswich Town break the post-international break stroke Sky TV hoodoo? Well, we'll never know now. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town, regardless of whether there's a match or not since 2015. I'm Craig Fimbo and this is the bastardised flagship show. And when I say bastardised, I refer obviously to us bringing the various bits and pieces of our weekly pods into one rather than referring to our fine, dry Sunday lineup. And as you can see, we are overloaded with guests and contributors this evening given there's such a lot to talk about we thought we'd uh, get the full gang on board and there are as you can see four of us here this evening joining me in reverse order of dampness uh david diamond mikey pendy smith and seb brown good evening to you all dave do you, want about, do you want to put rugby or cricket your choice oh, mate I, I, I mean i think cricket i think we need to vent we need to vent first don't we i still we, we had the same conversation this time last week where i think i said <laughs> to you why when you win the toss in a day night game do you, uh, <laughs> do you um yeah do you bowl first do you put the opposition into bat anyway i think i've just about got over that and the rugby i wasn't expecting like everybody else i think or most people wasn't expecting too much out of it but war oh, nail-bitingly close wasn't it dearie yeah. me oh dear yeah it's good that's good. A, yeah, a better, was, no, a better evening than morning sports-wise, I think. I think it's um, it's safe to say that. Yeah, my God, yeah, absolutely hammering in the morning, wasn't it? Mikey, you're you're predominantly here to test your new internet connection. You you you've been for a period of um, trying that that two Ronnie sketch, haven't you? Whereby you were like answering the question previous to the question that had just been asked, but uh, everything seems to be okay at the moment. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, thanks for the the lovely introduction, Craig. All the things you could have gone for, you just went straight in at the internet. <laughs> and the two Ronnies, yeah. Just keep it. I have to say, I have to Google them. Best sketch ever. <laughs> Absolutely best sketch ever, isn't it? And Seb, you had a, a slightly less curtailed journey than Mikey did on uh, on Friday, <laughs> albeit the misfortune of having mullet in the car, I believe. Well, yeah, I basically left my office at two, drove to Mullet's training course, picked him up in Salford, drove him to his home in Manchester and drove home again. So it was about a 200-mile round trip to basically get Mullet home from his day at work. So, yeah, not the not the best of days, but there we go. But I got to call him a troll for quite a lot in the car, which was quite enjoyable, although he didn't take it very well. So Does he, does he make you wear a cap while he sits in the back of your car? He, or? he often refers to me as chauffeur. And when I asked him where I was collecting him from, he said, I'd like my taxi to be at this address at this time. So, yeah. Literally, definitely kind of takes me, yeah, it yourself, takes me for granted. Yourself and Uber are putting the real um, cab drivers out of business, aren't <laughs> you? <laughs> um, okay, well, good evening to everyone. Good evening to you guys and good evening to uh, everyone that's that's watching. Um, let's have a quick look and see who's around. AD, good evening to yourself. Chris is here. Yeah, we, we were, we're glossing over cricket 
and uh, and rugby. But yeah, it was unexpected. We can probably do a half an hour on it, but we probably uh, easily. Probably um, Max, good morning from Melbourne. Six a.m. here seems like forever since you played. Yeah, it does, and, and you've got an extra day on us as well, Max, haven't you? So it's been an, an extra day for you since we last played. Um, Nick, uh, yes, like us all, like us all, you're sort of um, looking forward to the Friday, thinking, well, we're going to have a spare Saturday, but then when even Friday doesn't happen, it does tend to uh, elongate the uh, the break a little bit. Good evening to you, David. Good evening. Um, hi to Eric. Uh, hello to Rob. Hello to Jack from Spain. Oh, good, fantastic stuff. So we, we, we're ticking off. Uh, we're ticking off Spain. We're ticking off um, Australia, and we're ticking off Bristol. Sam's in Bristol. So hi to you. Hi to Romeo. Hi to Veronica. Um, so yeah, if you want to please um, stick your comments in the chat or um, ask us a question, uh, which we'll we'll get to later on. As ever, stick a a cue at the beginning. You know the drill. If you've got any. Um, advice on the treatment of trench foot or something like that for, yeah. for Mikey and, and Seb. Um, it'll just help us to uh, help me to grab the questions and, and stick them on the screen. Um, but first, we'll have a little catch up on the news and our um, intrepid uh, ITFC women's supporter, Rich, I believe, was on the coach down to Kent today oh. to see ITFC women play Chatham, previously known as Gillingham, I think they changed their name, um, and they were six-one victors this afternoon in the Southern Premier Division against SA Chatham. Uh, a brief um, update from Rich: Lena Gunning Williams opened the scoring with a fabulous solo effort before a penalty, which won by Blue Monday sponsored Lucy O'Brien, was converted by Bonnie Harwood. Orwood, sorry, on on fire strike, and Natasha Thomas netted a brace before half time to make it four 0 at the break. Uh, Town weren't as ruthless in the second half, but did manage to add to their goals. Sophie Peskett and a thronker from Nia Evans. Sandwich a cheap goal conceded by uh, conceded to Chatham after defensive mix-up. Uh, but there was a late sending off to Ruby Doe, who took exception to some rough treatment from her opposite number. If Ruby Doe's nickname isn't Ray Me, then something's going horribly, horribly wrong. Um Town move up to third in the table and are next in action in the League Cup away at Cardiff on the 5th of November. So you can probably expect some fireworks hey. in that game. Okay, so uh, moving on to some news. I know you guys um, covered it a little bit in the what was a completely unneeded and waste of time uh, pre-match show, Seb. But um, How where's... much time did Seb waste on behalf of that one fixture? If well, you at include least if we... all of the research, the podcast, <laughs> and then all of the yeah. chauffeuring you did. At least we can just press play again when we re play the replayed fixture whenever it's announced. We'll just re-queue it up again and people can watch it and see if parts of it are still relevant or not. How see far if did you notices. get, Mikey? How far did you get? So I, I, I was actually working in liverpool on saturday so oh. so it wasn't a complete disaster so i was mm -hmm. most of the way up the m1 and i seb kindly called me to let me know that the game had been called off and i pulled over at donnington services um where i drowned my sorrows with a with a quick coffee and then um over to liverpool for the merseyside derby which was tepid yeah it looked it yeah they, they they tend to be, don't they, Anfield? Whereas the Everton, the Goodison ones tend to be a little bit more fire. Well, to some I mean, extent, yeah. off, obviously. Well, I, I saw and I I was lucky enough to be at the Merseyside derby at Everton last season. And it finished nil nil, but just a completely different vibe. Just mm. so much more intensity in the game, mm. Um, mm. and twelve thirty kickoffs as well. We'll, we'll come on to, to that. 12, uh, kick off a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Um, yeah, Liverpool, I mean, away it, with... it takes us takes a special derby to make a twelve thirty kickoff work. Liverpool got yes. away with one, didn't they? Canate should have gone, shouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just taking briefly back to Ipswich. Uh, you, I say, you spoke about it a little bit. I think on the pre-match, said uh, Wes Burns um, landing awkwardly against Gibraltar and um, injuring his shoulder. Uh, they haven't. There hasn't been. Um, official news come out of the club yet other than he saw a specialist but we're led to believe it's not super serious and it will it'll be weeks um, out rather than um, anything longer anything in terms of months um, but you know he's a loss regardless though isn't he in terms of absence um, because he's he's stepped up again hasn't he he's, he's gone up a level and he's he's stepped up a level and he's, in his performances so 
He has, yeah. It's a waiting game at the moment, isn't it? Hopefully he's had the scan and fingers crossed, like you say, it'll be weeks rather than months. If it is surgery and it is months, that'll be a, a real blow. But hopefully we can get him back maybe the other side of the upcoming November international break. Because like you say, he, he has stepped up. You know, he's uh, his, his start rate under McKenna must be ridiculously high when he's fit and available. And he always offers that outlet, that pace on the right-hand side. And he just started to kind of get going a bit this season. You know, there was, was a bit of criticism aimed against him, I think, in the early games, maybe Sunderland and Stoke. But the last couple of games he'd really sort of moved up to a new level and frustrating for him but if it is you know hopefully it's not months if it is weeks then I guess it's great to have Hutchinson Hutchinson pretty much up to speed you can slot in there and cut inside on that that left foot Jackson will always be a, a willing runner in that kind of channel and put himself in behind the fullback if he can so it's a, a real blow for us a real blow for him but hopefully it's going to be back in time for that horrible looking December January fixture list rather than sometime into the new year. Yeah, it, it may turn out to be a bit of a, a blessing in disguise, I suppose, if he can, you know, rest a little bit while he's getting back to uh, back to shoulder fitness, and then you say he'll be he'll be ble- gunning for uh, for those December fixtures. Um, another player who's going to be working his way up to fitness, Axel Twenzebi. Um, Mikey, we we heard during the week from uh, Kieran McKenna that he's. Um, we'll probably get a glimpse of him in the next couple of weeks. And he played in a inter-club uh, match during the international break, got, got an hour or so um, in that. When will we see him? If it's Fulham, does he start? And if he starts, who does he replace? Yeah, it's a difficult one, that really, isn't it? Because you'd, you'd want George Edmondson to, to get minutes in that game as well, um, especially as he's probably the established third-choice centre-back. But I'd be surprised if if, if McKenna went with Edmondson and to Anzabi. Um So I feel like, yeah, one of the, one of them is going to be disappointed unless to Anzabi just comes on on sixty minutes for George Edmondson and he does it that way. Yeah, round because um, I guess thirty minutes um, in a game of that that magnitude is is better than nothing. But yeah, to Anzabi hasn't played a minute of league football since since March. Um did keep a clean sheet against Norwich in that game though. Did a little bit of research. Good work. Um so yeah, no, you're absolutely right actually in Tim terms of you know maybe still um breaking him in slowly and giving him half hour, forty minutes or so in that in that match. But it does look like um that's probably the most um the most likely time we'll see him. But then he'll hopefully pretty soon afterwards start um, breathing down the neck of the of the current starters that are doing a sterling job as it is. And then you've got some real difficult decisions to, uh, to make, haven't we? Um, a little bit of housekeeping fixture changes, as we sort of alluded to earlier. Um, Sky have announced a little bit early, actually, I think in terms of the, the Norwich match, um, in terms of moving bits and pieces. Uh, the West Brom match has not changed date, but it's moved timings back to 5.30 on the Saturday. 25th, I think, November. The Millwall game similarly hasn't moved dates. It's moved back to 8 o'clock rather than 7.45. And the big one, the Norwich game, has probably, given the options, it's possibly the best of all worlds, maybe, that it's brought forward to 12.30 rather than being slung at mid- midday on a Sunday, which just drains all life out of all football fixtures. Um, so I say, Dave, it's, it's not too much of a of a ball lake other than an earlier start for yourself in the Greyhound on, on that Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, you're right. It's much better. It was either going to be one or t'other and um, yeah, much better. You, you're quite right, 12.30 on a Saturday then. Yeah, then, um, then Sunday. I was just trying to think uh, last time I've, I've forgot about this fixture i know um the last time i thought this fixture was obviously i conveniently missed out 18 and 19 it was about six years ago to the very day today and i was, I was in hospital after my bike accident and um that certainly was uh, was played on a sunday when madison scored and we lost one nil but the next season i'm pretty sure that was on a saturday wasn't it do we think a 1-1 game i think it was i think it was but um yeah, and the other, you know, the other two say no. I say no great surprise that we've been chosen three times. You know, we're um, we're easy on the eye. Second, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 all good really. Um, uh, I think there's a there's also another midweek game somewhere in between, isn't it? Is it Watford? But that I, I assume that's just on the normal. I'd say normal system on the red button. That will be one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's hope again we've sort of kept kept up consistently. This points per game up until those fixtures would be nice, wouldn't it? 
well. Absolutely. Um, just a good I point think here. The Watford actually. game is. Um, sorry, is that, is that the no, Sky Sports Arena one? I think you're right. Actually, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's one up from a red button game. Yeah, yeah. So you you you, you might get replays in that, won't you? Mm, yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually on a proper channel, if you like, rather oh, than people having to right. fanny around with red buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good point here from A in regards to the uh, Twins AB chat we we're having that McKenna will want Fridge and Twins AB up to speed for January because Burgess will almost certainly be at the Oceania Cup with uh, Australia. Um, and a bit of a bit of uh, unrelated Ipswich news, but s- sad news that broke yesterday, Dave. And I think you're probably the the best um, positioned out of all of us um, to talk about it. So Bobby Charlton passed away. Um, you know, we can go through stats and and numbers and facts and figures in yeah. terms of 600 matches for Man U, 200 goals, 100 games for England, 49 goals, which yeah. the record stood for what 50 years. Eons, take. didn't it? Absolutely um, eons, didn't it? Yeah. European yeah. Cup, World Cup, Ballon d'Or. You know, in, in terms of legends and icons, oh, he's up there as big as it gets. Isn't yeah, it? he's he's up there, if not the biggest um, of all of the England, of all the England players ever. He's, he's certainly up there, isn't he? And um, yeah, you know, one of the um, well, certainly the last one of the Busby babes that were um, you know involved in the ill-fated um, air crash in Munich back in what 50, 58, like fifty-eight, I think. Um, and yeah, just leaves one now. One World Cup, one of the World Cup winning side. Jeff Hurst is 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 the only one is the only one still there. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, forty nine goals for England that stood for ages until Rooney Rooney, and then subsequently, obviously Harry Harry Kane's beaten that. Um, only one of I think three England players to English players to have won the um, both the World Cup and the European Cup. Well, yeah, Champions League, European Cup as it was then. Um, him, Nobby Styles, and I think Ian Callahan from Liverpool, who didn't play at all in '66, but was part of the squad and subsequently got a medal 15 years ago when they changed the rules. Um, but yeah, a true great, and that, that you know the true great Man United side came with the best Lord Charlton of you know the 1968 European Cup winning team. You know the symmetry 10 years after the Munich Munich air crash, um, Matt Busby built, built another team around Bobby Charlton, around Dennis Law and and George Best, and um, and they eventually win the European Cup. So. Yeah, very, very sad, and 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 also very sad. Uh, probably understand, like his brother, um, it was a dementia-related, um, you know, related illness. So, yeah, that's um, certainly becoming more and more prevalent of of players of that of that age of that era, isn't it? Sadly. Mm, yeah, that's right. I say, you, for what is well, we send all our condolences to to his family. Yeah, I, and... I, I saw him play live. I checked it out. I saw him play live twice. I saw him play in a League Cup oh. game. Um, the night that George Best, that was one of my very first games I went to, and I saw him play in a league game probably two or three months before he retired. I've, I checked today, Ipswich won that four-one actually, so I can't re- I can't remember much of his input in the game that he he played then. So I did see him play live a couple of times, which was uh, yeah, which was nice to see. Not when he was player manager of Preston North End. Though. Sadly, not. No, no, we weren't languishing in uh, in the second or third tiers back then. I think he was. I was reading earlier. He's one of nine players in the history of the game. You're talking about um, winning the um, European Cup and the World Cup, but also to win the Ballon d'Or, which he won wow. the same the same year he won the uh, we won the uh, World Cup. So. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Now, absolutely, absolutely outstanding. I think he scored three or four goals in the tournament, and you can see his goals against um, yeah goals against Mexico, goals against Portugal in the semi final. Yeah. Both two yeah. foot and then, yeah, two most foot. of his goals you, you see as, as as Rich just aptly said earlier, absolute thronkers, pretty much all of them when he saw a Bobby Charlton goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. superb. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you le- when you're a kid, you learn the Bobby Charlton shooting technique where you have both feet off the ground. Asked, asked yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he said, didn't aim. Thing, you know, you listen to Bobby Charlton. Never, never aim for just aim, aim to get the ball between the posts. Never aim, never aim. You know, never really aim at a spot. Just <laughs> aim to get the ball between the posts. If you if you hit the ball as hard as he did, then you could get away with it. Get away with it. Ferocious. That, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Sad. Um. Yeah. Very sad. And Dave, you... you... go on, Mike. Go on. Sorry, Craig. And this this isn't self promotion because it's just me. Something I retweeted, but. Have you, um, if somebody on Twitter shared the Carlsberg advert from from years oh, ago? If Carlsberg yeah. did, did pub teams, Bobby Charlton's in that, Bobby Robson's yeah. in it. That it's just brilliant. Probably one of the lovely, best adverts it, of all yeah. time. No, it's, it's it's absolutely fantastic. That yeah, 
lovely stuff. Okay, so back to Ipswich, um, and we better talk about uh, about Friday and what a Lukechek's time ah uh, show that was. Um, all considered, just quickly go through the timeline of of what happened for those who who weren't aware. There there was a a news item came out on TWTD. Not saying it's TWTD's fault; they were just reporting the news. But that um, the game was expected to go ahead, but also that. Um, Fans should note that Rotherham Central Station is actually closed due to flooding, which may have rung an alarm bell somewhere on the line <laughs> on someone's desk, you would have thought, but patently not, because about 20 minutes later, there was an official um, statement from Rotherham saying that they would like to reassure supporters travelling to tonight's game that the club currently has no concerns about the playing surface, blah, blah, blah. No concerns about a potential postponement. There are no pitch inspections planned. Um, but didn't really take into consideration things that are happening outside that um, grass oblong inside the uh, inside the stadium. Um, and it was seven hours later, around about five o'clock, that um, Mike would have got his phone call from from Seb, um, because Rodham then announced that the fixture had been postponed on the grounds of supporter safety um, after a. Uh, a meeting took place around about half past four, but it was um, yeah postponed because the safety of everyone attending the match was the at the height of their priorities. So, Mikey, if the safety of everyone is at attending the match was at the height of their priorities, why did they let hundreds, thousands of Ipswich Town fans aquaplane up the A1 in torrential rain um, for the you know four or five hours preceding it? Honestly, I I don't know. And when I set off, I felt like it was inevitable that the game was going to get called off because we'd we'd all seen the pictures of the the like the the river that burst its banks up there, and the Galloway coaches didn't even make it to Portman Road to pick up the Ipswich fans, and that was down south. Like, think how much worse the rain is up north. Mm. Um, it. It just felt like that game was was never going to be on, and I think maybe Rotherham were maybe a little bit carried away about the fact that the game was on Sky and how much extra stuff goes on behind the scenes um, to get the Sky cameras, and probably also quite keen to to show that they put all of this money into their pitch and and that it can hold hold up in the rain. But yeah, I don't think they put too much thought into. The visiting fans and things like that, and yeah, it was a, it was a farce, wasn't it? Really, in the end, to 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 see the pictures of what it looked like around the ground. I mean, even if even if it's, I mean, even if it is safe, it's just completely miserable, isn't it? And a pain. You can just you can just call the game off and just play it on another another occasion. I really didn't see what the problem is. I've seen a lot of people saying. That it was down to Sky. I'm not really sure I subscribe to that theory. Um, Matt, Matt, televised matches have an independent person on behalf of the league called a match manager, and ultimately they have final say, and they have to listen to to the groundsmen, to the club staff, and then I think that they discuss it with the the managers on players' safety and things like that. I don't think it would have been. Sky saying, "Come on, lads, let's just wait out a little bit longer. It might be okay." I don't think that was the case. Yeah, but you know, as you say about um, pitch postponement, the the pitch wasn't the issue. It was never mm. the issue. It was, and you know, Seb, you're further up that way than than we are. But when you're hearing on the news that planes are sliding off of runways at Leeds Bradford Airport, that's not a million miles away from Rotherham. My limited knowledge of the north, um, but we had guys in the Telegram group who were trying to get trains up there and the, as you say mikey the the coaches weren't running but yeah. the trains weren't running the trains were getting us you know halfway up the country and then just being abandoned because they couldn't get any yeah. further up the line so it just seems crazy that it should take so long and it's not as if we're just around the corner to in terms of again you think someone at some point would have made a sensible logical decision and thought mm. this isn't going to happen the pitch is fine but no bugger can get here 
Well, I woke up on the on the Friday morning and my commute to work is normally about 45 minutes. And it took me over an hour and a half to get into the office. And I went past cars that were abandoned in flooded roads and stuff. And I thought, the crazy thing is, the weather warning, I don't think, was on my side, on the, on the Welsh side. It was on, obviously, the, the Yorkshire side. And I thought, Christ, it's either going to have to dry out incredibly quickly in the next few hours to get this game on, or surely it's going to be a write-off. And for me, I think that I understand we don't have to travel as fans. And, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us to make that decision to attend the game, given all the, the weather warnings. But the frustration for me was kind of the not not arrogance of this of the Rotherham statement but the you know the fact they were so bullish in that statement and said you know we fully expect things to go ahead and then the complete radio silence for seven hours you know if they just said in the original statement pitch is fine surrounding areas might become a concern we'll do an update at 1 p.m or something you know just to just to do that extra further bit of reassurance for those guys that were setting off from from, from Suffolk my two and a half hours was relatively you know small compared to some of the the treks the guys had to make going up up from uh up from east anglia and i just think to leave it so late in the day was yeah incredibly frustrating incredibly annoying but like mikey said i think there was an air of inevitability about it i kind of set off from the office about two half two with the same thoughts thinking i'd, I'd be surprised this game goes ahead because i just couldn't see it happening given the horrific weather conditions that were, were battering us at the time yeah yeah poor, poor all round I think what Mike, Mikey said is right. However, I still say that if that game's not on Sky, that game's called off at lunchtime or prior to that. No doubt about it. Yeah, but I, but I think that's probably from the club's perspective. No, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> no, not that I want to come out to bat for Sky Sports. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you know what I mean? No, honestly, if, if it if, that, if that's if that's a normal fix, well, the normal fix, would have been played because it would probably been yesterday, wouldn't it? But um, mm. yeah, if that's, just, if that's just a normal fix, you're not on Sky. Um, yeah, that's 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 called off hours before. Yeah, yeah, poor around, and that will presumably, yeah. I think we'll 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 struggle to get um, that match replayed this side of Christmas. So you would have thought that would be uh, stuck in a midweek sometime in the in the new year on a on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. Um, right, Craig, apparently the flooding was that bad up there that you could only just see the tip of the Statue of Liberty outside the stadium. Yeah, very good. Oh, yeah, that's some sort of like Planet of the Apes reference, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. Well, it's, um, yeah, okay. The New York Stadium. Yeah, yeah, I got that as well. Um, but there, <laughs> there, there, there were um, there were some games that um, went ahead. Um, I didn't uh, see much of them, but uh, these are the results that um, were played. And there was there wasn't that many. You know, speaking about all this torrential rain that uh, that happened, <laughs> huh? Huddersfield managed to get a game on. Hull managed to get a game on. Preston managed to get a game on, um, and Stoke Because Dar- I know it's not Derbyshire, but Derbyshire took a real um, pounding, didn't it? By all accounts, Chesterfield mm. was um, underwater. But yeah, just just quickly going through the results, please, as ever. Um, if you want to pick out and laugh at anyone in particular, and you may pick one that's uh, halfway down the list. Um, Preston North End in the lunchtime game uh, drew one all with Millwall. Uh, Blackburn uh, put a bit of a halt to Cardiff's recent surge with a one 0 home win. Bristol City, who we'll talk about in a in a second, beat Coventry at home. Huddersfield two one QPR. QPR not quite turning it round yet. You'd have thought that an international break being an ideal time to maybe switch switch managers. Um, they may need to now wait until mid November to to do that. Good result for Southampton. Away at Hull, um, Middlesbrough beat Wayne Rooney's Bristol City. Norwich two 0 up, I believe they were before um, conceding three goals to lose three two. Stoke two, Sunderland one, Swansea one, Leicester three. One, Leicester one 0 down and came back to um, straw that one three one. Sheffield Wednesday not getting much better for Sheffield Wednesday, losing one 0 away at Watford and a pretty dour event. So I'm led to believe at the Hawthorns, West Brom nil, Plymouth nil. Dave, anything there in particular that uh, tickles your fancy? It's a bit of one or two. I mean, Middlesbrough, again, fifth win on the spin. They are the, well, them in Leicester, because obviously we had that draw at, at Huddersfield last five games are, the, are now the form teams. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think certainly natives getting restless, I think, um, up the road after that result and obviously uh, given who the leads who the leads manager is but yeah a couple of cracking goals from um from Somerville to um to win that in the in the sort of last last 10 15 minutes um yeah and as you say Leicester as um, Richard's used that for us as the juggernaut the juggernaut just rolls on that is Leicester yeah Chris just made that first club in 
second tier history to win their first six away games on the spin. So, um, yeah, I safely say I think they are the team to um, to try and hang to try and hang on to. If they're still winning away games when we play in December, that will be a hell of a juggernaut that we'll be facing then, won't it? Yeah, um, it will. Yeah, Seb, anything anything there that uh, jumps out at you? No, I mean, I, I, I kind of expected maybe Wednesday to kind of dig out something, having had a couple of weeks on the training ground with the new manager, but it looks like their rotten luck continues. I think they must be now the worst ever at this stage of a season in terms of points tally, so no noticeable improvements for them. And, and like you said, the, the Huddersfield QPR thing, I mean, QPR got battered, was it 4-0 before the break, decided not to make a change, and I did notice there was a goal for an Andre Dizel corner in that game, so... Yeah. I guess if you keep trying something long enough, eventually you get your just rewards, but they must be thinking, what do we have to do here to, to get something out of this side? Because they looked, looked poor again. Yeah, the float to the far post corner will work once every four <laughs> years or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so after all that, actually, as it goes, let me just um, grab the table and put that up. Um, things are looking pretty rosy for, for Ipswich Town because despite us not playing... Uh, at the weekend, we still find ourselves six points clear of Leeds in third with a five goal superior goal difference and 10 points clear of Wayne Rooney's Birmingham in uh, in seventh with a far superior goal difference. So all things considered, Mikey, um, a pretty good a pretty good weekend. It would have been nice, I suppose, had Leeds um, not managed to get a winner just to just keep them a little bit more at arm's length. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers. No, no. And it's always good to see Norwich um, concede a, a late winner when they've been winning as well. But yeah, South, Southampton and, and Leeds, you feel like they're only going to get better. And Leeds have started slowly, but are already up there in third with the points total that would quite often have you a little bit higher than that. And then Southampton back up in the in the top six as well, look, looking decent. Maybe things have clicked there a little bit for, for Russell Martin, but... Um, yeah, we'll see. It looks like Preston probably not going to be in the top six for the long haul, are they? Um, it's quite a few decent teams just just below that that top six, but they're so far behind us in terms of points, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, it's quite an interesting point actually about Southampton. They've, they've they have crept it, considering you know the start that they had and um, Russell Martin's tactics weren't maybe working and producing the goods to find themselves in in fifth is is a bit of a turnaround isn't it mm. just just looking ahead there quite, quite surprised um Plymouth Argyle have slipped don't they fall from bomb he made six changes as well apparently yesterday didn't he Schumacher changed half the side to try and yeah. invigorate something obviously they come to Portman Road next Saturday so hopefully their run of poor form will continue that's not a bad point I guess at, at West Brom though is it but uh yeah I was really surprised to see um to see how uh, how how low they were it's almost yeah. like if you have poor underlying numbers, eventually you get found out. But we'll discuss that more on the on the pre-match <laughs> show on Thursday night. When, when we know for sure the Plymouth fans are, are joining yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that also when you're, if you're home form, which you are, have been quite reliant on, shall we say, for the previous stutters, year or two, yeah. stu- stutters, then uh, yeah, things do tend to um, slide. So yeah, so that's, that's what happened this weekend. In terms of um, bits and pieces this week, pod wise we've got uh yourself seb and rich are live on thursday i believe as you say talk about the upcoming match against plymouth next weekend and also to give a little bit of a, a recap of our 3-0 victory at uh, ashton gate on on wednesday evening um and then the the live flagship again will be hopefully talking about an actual match that happened uh next sunday as ever 8 p.m on uh, sunday evening and while we're here, we have a 25% discount, a promo, at the uh, Blue Monday merch store. So uh, that's running this week, I think, from Tuesday to Thursday, 24th to the 26th. And you can, oh, yes, you can purchase a uh, a long-sleeved T-shirt like Mikey is uh, wearing there and a trucker's cap, which Seb has previously um, modelled and hung on his wall. But, yeah, so there's um, 25% off everything in the Blue Monday merch store, and that can be found at bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Um, and as ever, you guys that are watching, please like, please subscribe, please um, give us a thumbs up uh, now or after the event. It would be absolutely fantastic. And um, while we've 
finished our plugs, we'll have a quick word from our sponsor. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more support. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good quick talking at the end there, Mikey, and the old T's and C's. I like it. Um, very professional. Um, in terms of this week then, um, I'm going to hand over to yourself, Seb, because uh, you have manfully done some more, even more research for another game that you probably hadn't even got on your radar to bother doing because, you know, you were sitting back with a cigar, cigar lit with a, a week off. But we've um, got you to do some work over the weekend and, and produce some facts and figures like you normally do for the uh, normal pre-match for our uh, match against Bristol City on, on Wednesday. Do you want to yeah. take it away and we'll interject as and when? Yeah, not as detailed as normal, but we'll go over the key headlines and stuff. So Bristol currently sit eighth with 18 points and 12 games. Played 12, won five, drawn three, lost four. Yesterday's win over Coventry, we discussed the games a minute ago. Obviously, Bristol City beat Coventry 1-0 yesterday at Ashton Gate. That kind of turned around a bit of a dodgy run of form. They'd lost three of the previous four going into that game, and even that game wasn't overly convincing, but they did get the uh, the three points. The home form is what I guess is important with us making the journey across to the southwest. Eight points from the six games they played uh don't keep many clean sheets three clean sheets in 12 games so far this season was a clean sheet yesterday in the win against coventry it was a, a goal a set piece goal from the center back rob dickey who joined them in the summer from qpr they were a bit lucky coventry hit the woodwork twice uh matt godden also missed he was one of the guys that hit the woodwork he also missed a, a good chance only 32 percent possession yesterday only six shots to 12 but they did have more on target so i think it's one of those kind of hard fought wins that kind of stops a, a crappy run of form like we would have under under Mick every now and again, you know, where you can sometimes steal a win and put a back-to-the-wall performance into Holt, a, uh, a poor run of form. And obviously, they'll be looking to build on that with uh, with us and and Mark Ashton making his return to Ashton Gate on Tuesday night. Yeah, that stuff. As, as Romeo says here, how long will the standing ovation <laughs> Mark Ashton last on uh, on Wednesday? It, um, I suppose it depends if he's running up and down the touchline following a victory and high-fiving the... Uh, the away fans. Craig, um, do you think there's maybe an argument for for Ashton just not being in attendance on Wednesday night, just to try and avoid the circus a little bit? Or, well, it, it's it's funny because uh, hello to Annie. I think this is um, who's who's here from a, a Bristol City perspective. We asked um, actually on one of the um, shows a week or two back, asked if um, 
there was, you know, it's just a Twitter thing. You now there's a dozen guys on Twitter who get all angry about Mark Ashton. Um, and the th- the feeling was that, yeah, you know, in terms of the general feeling amongst the uh, the Bristol City fans, it's, you know, got no real animosity towards him. Um, but, you know, we'll, I suppose that we'll, we'll wait and see. He's he's no shrinking violet, is he? I think he'll, no. want, he'll, he'll be there. If I was oh, a yeah. betting man, he will 100% be there. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. He certainly will be there. Yeah, probably in an even higher profile than normal, probably. If, if so. we win, he'll be in the dressing room on the town in five <laughs> video at the end, I'd imagine, high-fiving people and stuff. Yeah, to, yeah, to we're that without a shadow of doubt. Yeah. At the front of the, uh, the director's box, you think, just for yeah. a I think the criticism towards him, I looked into it because I wasn't really familiar why he had kind of this, you know, Mm. this this 90-page thread on one of their social media sites uh, about him. And the the main reason seems to be a couple, there's two main reasons. It's the summer 2019 transfer window and it's the appointment of the replacement of Lee Johnson. So in 2019, they sold Adam Webster, as as we know, to Brighton and get 20 million quid. They sold Lloyd Kelly to Bournemouth, 14 million quid, and Josh Brownhill to Burnley for 10 million pounds. They then went out and spent money and I think I, I might be wrong if the Bristol guy can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong I think he was more involved in maybe talent ID at Bristol than he is here I think that's some of the accusations that were placed against him and they go out and they spend 9 million on Thomas Callis 4.75 on Naki Wells Casey Palmer 4 million quid Jada Silver 2.4 million David Bentley the keeper uh, Daniel Bentley the keeper 2.4 million quid they go out and have a real splurge of money and slowly as the seasons go on two things happen they drop down the leagues they go from finishing like 8 and touching distance to the playoffs. They then become a 16, 15, 17 kind of play side. And these signings they've paid big money for, most of them just leave for free either in the summer just gone mm. or a couple of windows before. So that seems to be the two, the, one of the major issues against him. The other one is that he appointed Dean Holden when Lee Johnson moved on from the club ahead of Paul Cook, apparently, and uh, and Chris Hutton. So I think there's a bit of issue around that because, you know, they saw an inexperienced manager come in where there were other options on the table. We know what he's done with us. You know, obviously it's in his DNA to go out maybe and appoint a, a young up-and-coming coach. Dean Holden, for them, didn't work out. He gets fired after seven straight defeats before they appoint. Nigel Pearson and I think that culped with the combined with the horrible transfer window means they kind of feel they've 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 wasted a load of time under that particular manager and obviously since that splurge of cash because they've got no money in for their um their, uh, those those big money signings they've been really really kind of hampered by FFP the last few windows the last few years have been very few kind of fees paid and it just seems to be a a, a, a bit of a mess of you know a load of money in and then just wasting it a bit like we saw under you know the likes of Keen and Jewel and stuff. To be fair, they've had a reasonable start, haven't they? To be sitting in eighth, only a point, only a point out of the playoffs, they've had a more than decent start, really. It doesn't feel like a happy camp, though, does it? I mean, I don't know if you've seen Pearson's comments after the game yesterday. He's kind of come out, you know, and said, Dower, isn't he? Yeah, my position doesn't feel secure. And, you know, you can go and ask somebody at the club about my situation if you can find somebody willing to come out and talk. So it kind of feels like it's not a not a happy home life at the moment. There. Yeah, I think a tight one, though. I mean, I just say they, they, don't, they, they don't score many. They don't concede many either, did I? I think they scored 15, conceded 13, which is as yep. many as we have. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, a typical maybe Pearson set-up team. I think they played five at the back yesterday. I think it was like five at the back. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think it'll be a straightforward game. No, I'm seeing it as a bit of a, not, yeah, a bit of a tough one. Um, I think it's it's got the hallmarks of one of those games where maybe, I guess the ideal scenario, you beat rather on Friday night, yeah. you take a point and then you, you look to follow up against right. Plymouth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think Two points, I think yeah. it might be a difficult game. I mean, the, the, the Mark Ashton stuff to one side there. They're yeah. pretty, they've got some kind of standout players, you know, Sykes down the right wing, two goals, two assists. He'll provide a bit yeah. of a threat. Um, they've got a guy up front. I can't remember his name. I where is it? In Bell? Sam uh, Bell. Yeah, Sam Bell's got Sam four. Bell. He can play, yeah, play on the left or play up front. Tommy Conway could lead the line, two goals in five appearances. They have got a bit of an injury crisis and an illness crisis at centre-back. It was a very much a makeshift back three against uh, against Coventry yesterday with the left-back Pring tucked inside and Andy King, who we know is a central midfielder from his Leicester days. He kind of had to tuck wow, into centre yeah. defence to kind of make a make a makeshift, makeshift back line. But I think Kai Naismith is due to be back from injury. Jason Knight was a big money signing in the summer from Derby. He had illness, so I think he'll probably come back into the side. So I think it might be a, a bit of a tricky one. Yep. Oh, yeah, nice one. Just a quick one here from uh, John saying that it's their 
their local localish derby. There are over a hundred Southwest based town fans in attendance on Wednesday. Great, so sir. brilliant. Um, yeah, as ever. If John, actually, if you want to just stick, stick something in Telegram, let me know where if you guys are meeting up somewhere um, pre match. I'm heading down that way for the evening, so maybe up for my one match of the year where I'm allowed to have a uh, allowed to have a beer. Um, so in terms of um, like the, the like, we don't it's not a, a happy hunting ground is it Seb? but we don't um certainly in recent times yeah it's not the best our overall record against them is is better we've got 29 wins to their 23 uh the last time we went there was a one-all draw in the relegation season one of these games me and rich do this sometimes we talk about our last visit to these clubs in the year we went down and we have very little recollection <laughs> and this is one of them i mean we, we drew it's... one all adam webster scored against us obviously um and it was a lloyd kelly own goal to bring us level they went sixth we stayed bottom 12 points from safety but it's not a place we traditionally do well in the last few years the last time we won was a three nil victory oh. on the opening day of the 2011-12 season michael chopra Scored twice against David James in goal. Lee Martin got one as well. I've got a quiz for you. Do you want to do a quiz? Rich loves it when I throw these at him. Oh, of that lineup, yeah. I've given you two. Of that lineup, how many can you name from that opening day in August 2011? And a bonus point, there were five ITFC players, either to become ITFC players or former players, involved on the Bristol side. So see how many of them you can get as well. Cool. What, 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 which, what are we going for first? The Ipswich lineup? Go for the Ipswich lineup. It was a 4-4-2. I, you don't want him in any particular order, I presume. I'll no, go. Uh, no. oh, good. Um, we've got Chop- Chopper and Martin scored, yeah? Yep. Grant Ledbitter. Yep. Friskin? No. Not sure if he'd left at that point. I can't remember. This is Jules' first full season, isn't it? He's his only full season, actually. Bowyer. Delaney? Damien Delaney. Yep. And Lee Bowyer. Yep. So the mid- central midfield was Lee Bowyer and Grant Ledbitter. So keeper, we had a perennial loanee for a keeper that year. We had two or three different oh, loans. Stephen, Stephen Henderson. No, that was a year later under Stockdale. Mick. Stockdale. Stockdale, yeah. Stockdale's the keeper. Right back, well, you won't get this. It's weird. It looks like we played a player out of position at right back. It was a up-and-coming scouse left back who joined us who got shunted across for his debut. Cresswell? Yep. Oh, he played right back? He, did, yeah. he can't did he? have done. Yeah, he no. did. Yeah. Well, according to the according to the the lineups and the various websites and stuff I so checked. 2011-12, we had a decent start that season, didn't we? Carlos Edwards. Yes, right wing. Edwards and Edwards and Ledbetter were there. So you've got yeah. the midfield. So you're missing a centre back, the left back, and the other striker. Jason Scotland. No. Oh, uh, Jet. Yes, he played up front alongside Chopra. I reckon he looked. So you've got one one centre half and the left back. He played for Bristol City, didn't he? Was McCauley still there? No, he'd gone at that point. I'll give you a shout. Mark Kennedy. Yes, he was the left-back. Yep, Kennedy slotted in at left-back. So it's just the one centre-back to go. You won't. I, I doubt you'll get it. It was a, he, he didn't go down in the history books of one of the greats. It was oh, Ivar hey. Ingemarsson from... Uh, oh, wow. Joined from, wow. from Reading. And like yeah. I said, there were there were five Bristol Ro- uh, Bristol City players involved that day who either became town players or were previous town players. Do you reckon you can have a stab at any of them? A couple will be obvious, but I'll have a go at one. Yeah, cool. Excuse. Yep, one. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Rory Fallon. No. <laughs> Bristol City. Uh, Dave's mate. Um, Jordan Spence. Yes. Play. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would not have pegged that at all. Yeah, uh, a goalkeeper who uh, who joined us. I think the same year we signed Scoose, maybe a year before. Before we signed Bart was the regular Dean Gherkin. Dean Gherkin, Gherkin yeah. yeah. And then two strikers, one sold by us, and uh, one Stead, joined John us a Stead. couple of years later. Yep, John Stead, and the last one joined us uh, must have been three years later, I think. Striker. Type no. of striker. Uh, classy. I liked him, but no, didn't fit in a mick scenario at all played two okay. years for us and moved on Ooh. oh um yeah your man from the channel islands um brett pitman brett pitman yeah oh, brett pitman. so brett baller brett yeah pitman. quite yeah. a few uh quite a few itsc legends in that one but now yeah and traditionally not a happy well, well, a happy hunting brett. ground he had very hairy legs, Brett Pittman, apparently, according to my son, who was mascot uh, for a match and got to go in the change room. That's one thing he remembers from that day. Brett I remember hairy Chopra legs. Lobbing, lobbing one over David James. I remember thinking we'd finally got a 20-goal-a-season striker after a few years of struggling yeah. to get players to 9 and 10 in the league or whatever. I thought he was going to solve all of our problems, but then it all kind of went 
went yeah, downhill that, not too shortly afterwards. He was that on course last, for 92. Yeah. That last game against Bristol City, Seb, was live on Sky. Was it? I can't, was it? I can't remember I it My, at all. Miles, Miles Kenlock um, ah, provided yeah, dri- the assist dribbled, for the own, own goal. Yes. Yeah. Right, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Your, your oh, right, yeah, of... I, can see the, I can see the own goal now. Yeah, okay. My mind's we, That you... was one of our wow. better performances that season under Yeah, a, I was going to say, it's a decent mm. away point, that. Considering they, what, you say moved up to the playoff? Sixth, did you say? After that Yeah, game? yeah, they went sixth and we remained oh, 12 yeah, points yeah, adrift you, of, of safety. So they were, they were a good side back then. I assume. And, we uh, said, to be fair, being eighth now is still a decent, a decent turnout for them, isn't it? Yeah. No, it is. What's the weather saying down in Bristol? A lot of bodies of water around there. I mean, it's round, well, don't know about Bristol, what round is supposed to be wet all forecast rain bloody every day, I think. Tidal, Not like it was on Friday, I don't think. Not yeah. like it was. No, I've got to say, we'll be all right. We'll be, Jesus, wet. Yeah, we'll be absolutely fine. We'll get a game in. Yeah, I think um, fine. Perfect. Well, thanks for that, Seb. Perfect. Good stuff. Uh, uh, abbreviated match stat pack and a, and a little quiz yeah. thrown in as well. So there's been a, there was a few, um, answers flying in from the people here sorry i i was uh too busy trying to rack my brains to to put up people's guesses i think he was a little bit later maybe wasn't he? but yeah, veronica he came in with uh yeah, shipment eric clacton's coming with ken lock <laughs> yeah yeah very good um so i think that's probably us actually um for, for tonight a very marginally shorter um pod than normal but as i say it's uh we've done well to stretch out for so long given we had very very little to talk about um but as i say this week uh please join seb and rich on thursday at eight for the uh pre-match for the plymouth game at the weekend and they'll go through the, the bristol city match as well um and then no doubt dave will be back next sunday night um with other others to be confirmed um so yeah so if you're going to bristol please please enjoy the game thank you to mikey thank you to seb Thank you to Dave. And uh, yeah, we don't see you at Bristol. We'll see you Thursday night at 8 p.m. Thanks a lot. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.